Bible Study 1 James' Letter Faith That Works We'll read James chapter 1 and verse number 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes in the dispersions Greetings. James is a lovely little letter and we're going to study James uh, hopefully over the next number of studies uh, and we trust it will be a blessing to everybody that attends the Home Bible Study. The idea behind this podcast is simply to summarise each study. As we finish a study I'll try to go away and podcast it so that if anybody misses a study they still have something to go back to and look into in their own time and, and just maybe to supplement the handout itself. Now, the first thing that you always ask when you come to a letter like James is, um, who wrote it? So what we're going to deal with today is really mainly who wrote the letter. Uh, and that was the subject that we, we looked at um, um, in the first study together. Now, the one thing we can say as we read through James is that it's a practical little letter. It's, it's really down to earth. James is the kind of person... He doesn't go into the theory so much or the, we might th- say, the theology or the, um, the, the doctrine, although that's all in the background and it's true and important stuff. He really focuses on the practice. Um, so that's why it's been called A Belief That Behaves, his book. He speaks about faith um, and faith's a very practical thing. You see faith. You see faith in action. So... Um, Faith in a boiler suit, somebody else has called it. Uh, James tells us that true faith and trust in the Lord shows itself in our life and our behaviour. You you can come along and say you have faith until you're blue in the face. Show it to me, James says. If I see it, I know it's real. Uh, Otherwise, I I can doubt it. Um, So it's a very interesting uh, take on it. We know that, for instance, in Romans, there's emphasis on the fact that we are justified by faith alone, um, without the works of law. And what, what uh, Paul is bringing out to us is the fact that we can't come to God with any attainments or any law-keeping ourselves to clear ourselves of any charge of guilt. We know this. This is central to the gospel. We have come and placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it is faith alone that saves us. But the faith that saves is not alone. You see the difference? It's faith alone that saves us, but the faith that saves is not alone. It comes with a life that's changed. It comes with a different kind of mentality and a different work. And if there is no change of life, it calls into question whether we've really been saved. And so he's going to come onto the subject of justification by works uh, and so on later on. Um, how can we show ourselves to be righteous and be declare ourselves righteous as it were um well what does he mean by this because paul has clearly taught us that justification is by faith alone and now he's saying it's not only by faith there's works involved well he he references a different part of the life of abraham he quotes that abraham was justified and so on but he references chapter 22, not chapter 15. Paul references chapter 15. And there he's speaking about the initial faith where he trusts the Lord and is 
Lord puts it to his account as righteousness. But what James does, he shows how that faith works in life and how it shows to us that Abraham is really justified. And so he goes to chapter 22 and when God uh, says to Abraham, as we remember, put your son on the altar. And he willingly does it knowing that God will raise him from the dead. He does it because of his faith in God and he proves it in practical outworking. So that's really where James is going in his letter. He's moving us from an idea that is simply, um, yes, I believe, therefore that's me saved, to yes, I believe, therefore my life is going to be transformed and it will show that I am saved. And there's that's where James is going. So James covers a lot of very interesting uh, topics in his writings. We'll, we'll touch that just for a minute. You'll notice the wee box in the first page, James Living Out Faith. It's called, and what I've done is I've put down nine different points that we're going to focus on in our Bible studies. Now, we might cover more than one on a week, um, but generally speaking, we'll maybe just be covering one. You'll notice, first of all, the first one is James the Penman. That's what we'll look at today for a few minutes. Then you'll notice trials and temptations and a whole list of other things, things that are very practical and real, coming into difficult situations and pressures in life that's every one of us faces that um the word of god how do we react to it that'll be the next point the whole idea of how do we react to other people and how do we judge them um are we going to be marked by partiality how do we use our tongue uh, i mentioned the whole thing of justification by faith and so on uh, what is worldliness what really does it constitute in james eyes there'll be some surprises there and how to react in injustice to injustice and and also something about practicing God's presence in prayer. And so these are things that every one of us as Christians really needs to grasp hold of. But we're going to ask the question today, who is this James? What kind of person is he? What does scripture have to say about him? And there's some key passages. The thing to keep in mind is um, in the background is Acts chapter 15. Now it might not have happened as yet. Because James is probably writing before Acts chapter 15, a lot of people think. But um, this makes James's letter a very early letter. In fact, probably the most early of all the, the letters. This, this letter written by James to Jewish Christians. Now, so that's, that's one um, part. Now, we'll just focus on James himself for a few minutes. The first amazing thing to think about James is that once we work it out, and we'll not do it just now, we did it in the in the Bible study, but once we work it out, there's actually three Jameses that it could be, um, probably. Um, one of them, it seems, is martyred by this point, probably. Uh, that was James, the brother of John. You remember James and John and Peter. The other one, James, the son of Alphaeus, we don't hear a lot about. He's a, a He's an apostle as well, but we don't hear an awful lot about him. And the third one is James, the Lord's brother. Now, this seems to be the James that we're focused on. Now, James, the Lord's brother, as you will see, um, uh, and I've called him the sibling there. There's a number of scripture references that, that link us to this. So you can go away and look at it in your own time. Um, we did that in the study. Um, He had the Lord Jesus as his older brother in the family in Nazareth what a spectacular thought and yet he does not refer to himself as we'll see in a minute 
as the Lord's brother himself. It's other people that say that about him. For instance, Paul will write in Acts chap uh, in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, he was that that he that go, the that the Lord appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and he'll, he'll say in chapter number nine that the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord in Cephas, um, he shows that there's the brothers of the Lord there, and then in in Galatians chapter uh, one, he speaks um of going and visiting Jerusalem and seeing Cephas as Peter Galatians 1 18 and 19 um, I saw none of the other apostles he says except James the Lord's brother so James the Lord's brother and again and then of course we come to Acts chapter 15 and the focus there again is on James and it seems to be the James there is James the Lord's brother even the way he writes and the way the letter was written from in Acts chapter 15, if you read the chapter, is very similar, which suggests that this James is the very sibling of the Lord. And now, what we find out is that he wasn't a Christian when the Lord Jesus was growing up, if you know what I mean when I say he wasn't a Christian. He, he was not a believer. Um, He wasn't a believer even in the ministry of the Lord. If we come to uh, John chapter um seven he did not his brethren did not believe on him it says and yet we know that after the resurrection of christ he was found in um the place of prayer in acts chapter one and two with the other brothers of the lord so something happened now what happened well i suggest what happened was that he saw the Lord in resurrection and that seems to be what fits with the context uh, of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he was seen of James then of all the apostles last of all Paul says he was seen of me also which makes him another one possibly of an unbeliever unbelieving in nature who actually saw the Lord in resurrection and probably at that point bowed the knee and, and got saved and was commissioned in some way it seems because there's a number of references that links him to a, a group the group of apostles which is extremely interesting but for another time so here we have James the sibling of the Lord his standing uh, he was spoken of as a pillar he, he he along with John and Peter were the pillars at Jerusalem they'd faced the, the harsh opposition of, of of after the stoning of Stephen of you remember Saul and, and all that Saul did and so on and so here he was a man of uh, who was marked by steadiness and support and, 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 and steadfastness and he faced a lot of trial and flack and he saw others uh, martyred around him as it were but the Lord um, was working in his life and he was strong and his standing grew enormously and he became one of the prominent uh, leaders in Jerusalem. Notice his slavery. You, you, you'll see how we read the first um, line at the beginning. I say this, um, James, a servant of God or a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He takes himself and he subjects himself to the will of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, I'm, I'm, 
I'm a brother to Jesus. No, no, he says I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. That's really important. Spiritual relationships are more important than natural relationships. And secondly, the Lord is now exalted in glory and we don't know him after the flesh anymore, as it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. It's a new relationship we have with the Lord. It's not based on a kind of physical thing. It is a deeper, it's a spiritual relationship. The Lord Jesus touched on this in his ministry on a number of occasions, but we have no time to stop. You look at it yourself. We have him, James the Semitic, I've called him. Um, in other words, he was a true Jew. He, he really, this was an early book. There hadn't been the great um, split, as it were, with Judaism fully implemented as yet. So even though they the rest of the Jews did, denied the Lord Jesus and they trampled on his blood and so on. Um, there was, it took a good while for that split to work itself out practically 20 or 30 years um, until they were, Christians were looked at as a separate, completely separate entity to Judaism. And so that's the book of the Acts for you, uh, summed up in a few words. Um, it's really the moving away out of Judaism into a fuller light, the fuller light of Christianity. Uh, with a deeper appreciation of Christ or an understanding of of, of the of the the way to God and the presence of God not being the temple in Jerusalem but being a deeper thing. Um a moving away from circumcision, a moving away from all these things are important uh, in the development of the Acts. But so here we have the first letter that's written and so you have to put it quite early in the Acts and a lot of those Jewish features that come out in the letter uh, makes sense then I think a little bit more we have his similes and his use of scripture now uh, Eva helpfully gave us a, an understanding of what a simile was a simile um, and, or a metaphor you know a metaphor is something uh, where you, you a simile is something that you say like as or something like that or just as and you make it clear that you're making comparison metaphor you just make the comparison without making the very obvious statement in between so for instance we have a metaphor in in chapter um three james chapter three and uh, when 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 james is writing and he speaks of the tongue as a fire james chapter three verse six i think it is the tongue is a fire and yet, above it, it seems to be that he's comparing things to the tongue. He's perhaps using what we might term similes there. And so he uses a lot of this graphic language, just as Judas, his brother, Judas, Jude, the letter to Jude, his brother does. Um, later on, he used very graphic language to bring home his point. Um, it's a beautiful letter that way. Um, you'll notice not only his similes and his use of scripture, he references a lot, um, not directly, but by implication. Uh, we have his straightness, or we may term his directness. He is marked by um, speaking to the point and saying, this is what you do, this is what you do now. So he was a very authoritative figure. Um, sometimes we live in an age that doesn't like authority, uh, and, and everybody has to say maybe you should think about doing it this way and everything you know parenting for instance is very permissive and and, and all these kind of things well James was the, not that kind of guy 
He just said things and he expected people to jump and to do them. And he did it because he had... Um, he was a, an honourable man. And not only that, he was a man in authority. He, 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 he commanded respect by his character. He didn't just demand respect by his words. He commanded it by his character. And that makes a difference. I remember I used the illustration of a, an old brother who was an overseer in my first assembly. And he used to be very blunt with us at times. And he, he knew he loved you. And he knew he lived it out in, in some measure in his own life. And so you could take it from him. Because yes, he was being really direct and blunt and all that. And he used to say, Brethren... These things ought not so to be, or something to that effect. And you could take it because it went to the heart of the issue. And so it's the same with, with James. And of course we have at the bottom, I've mentioned our submission. Our submission to the words of James, but more than that because it is the word of God. You know, we come to this this book and we're going to look at lots of different subjects. We're going to think about them delve into them hopefully enjoy them but at the end of the day what James will say is there's there is a way in which you can go and look at a mirror and look in it and you can examine yourself that's like us examining the word of God and you can go away and straight away forget what kind of person you are and we don't want to be like that we want to actually allow this to change our lives and change our practice. So I trust that that's been a, a useful summary for anybody that's not there and wanted to understand what we did in James chapter uh, 1 verse 1 as we looked at the introduction to James. <laughs>